Hello, friendos. Toast name is Chad Dukes. And I am burdened with glorious purpose. It's the Chad Dukes Radio Show. It's not Free FM. So give Chad a call. Here's the number. 385-645-5375. It's Miller time. What is that, Lil? Twelve hands in a row? Dukes, you son of a bitch. Nobody's that lucky. Now here's your host, the big silly. Chad Dukes. Charlie Hotel. Alpha Delta, yeah, Dukes. Dig it! There but for the grace of God, do with me. that guy i think they're uh i think the pie tasters are playing a show with the boss tones at scott brewing which sounds fucking amazing by the way did you see the uh pft commenter posted the uh the video of rg3 skanking it's pretty funny he's great man he's funny he's uh he, we've tweeted we've tweeted back and forth before uh he was when he was going to defenders games and stuff i think i uh we're talking for a little bit um what a weird path to fame isn't it I only learned recently that he went to Annandale. Yeah, oh, he's a local dude. Yeah, he references... We talk about Jim Vance, I think is what we were talking about, actually, on TV. (laughs) Welcome, everybody, to the Chad Dukes Show. Thank you so much for checking us out. Wherever you're checking us out, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever it is, please subscribe. Please leave us a five-star review and uh, consider sharing this link or podcast to a friend. Let them know what's going on on the Chad Dukes Show. And if you like what you're hearing... Consider going over to chatdukeshow.com and subscribing. Plunk down that credit card. This is America. That's what we do. We're giving you more content than anybody else. I guarantee you that. Certainly more than Big Owen Dukes promoted or broadcasts. V Hall IP. And all that stuff was fun, but you get a new episode every day. You're getting bonus episodes left and right. And we appreciate everybody for subscribing. Tara, I was looking at the uh, Fredericksburg Nationals. They, uh, I think they're at full capacity now. Yeah. Minor league team. They just moved from... Uh, Woodbridge down to Fredericksburg a couple years ago. Built a big, new, beautiful stadium. Before I got fired, so fired, I was supposed to go down there and tour the stadium. And I think throughout the first pitch, uh, we haven't really been in much contact since then, the way that it goes. But uh, I like I like the fact that they're down there. I like that team. That's my minor league team. And they did a bit where they did, uh, the, you know, you bring your dog to the park, the bark at the park bit, which I think every minor league team does. Yeah. But they have some great shtick where they had a camera that had a spoon taped to the underside of it and the concession lady would take the spoon dip it in jiff and they would tape it to the camera roll up on the dogs and then you just see the dog like look up the nose just comes right into the camera and they <laughs> eat the peanut butter i just retweeted it it's it is tremendous shtick i don't know why that's as entertaining as it is but it, it's very entertaining a good dog nose it kind of puts you at ease when it's all up close because they're just kind of dopey looking at you not a little dog nose but a big dog no, the big long like yeah. labrador nose where you're looking right down the barrel of that bad boy i would agree hey what you got going on hey uh, maybe a monkey's gonna take me for a walk later uh uh-huh. you got so. some on that spoon oh. 
<laughs> so you're doing the dog bit. I'm doing the tour bit. Yeah. We're doing two different bits. Not, not much different. It's very much the same. Very similar <laughs> intellects. Um, I'm your host, Chad Hooks. There is the cold soldier right there, Gigantor. And we were told this week uh, by our buddy Grimy, who you're going to hear from on this episode, that the cold soldier uh, moniker is no longer hot in the streets. But I disagree, Tor. I think people are as enamored with it as they ever have been. I didn't realize I was... Quote played out. This shit's played out, son. <laughs> Man, we'll get to get to that. We had a uh, we had a what do we call it? ass shoot is what we called. If you want to call or email the show, we did a nice long segment of that. You'll hear a little bit of that today. Uh, Tor and I did the BMI because Ant Man was incommunicado. We still don't know why. Uh, I think he's gonna be. I think he was out at the live event yesterday. I think he was. Um, not positive because we're recording this before then, but I'm trying to pretend like I know. All right, so you'll do your fast food talk as well. Some fun segments for you today on the show is our first week back from the beach. Of course, we did five live shows from the Outer Banks as well, so it's a good time to subscribe. You can get all that. People always love those shows. Just go to chaddukeshow.com. I did want to mention something briefly. Um, big radio file. Uh, so are you, Tor. Um, one of the biggest radio shows in the history of mankind is uh, was Opie and Anthony, and uh, they broke up um, like five years ago now. I'm not sure. Uh, Anthony got fired from Sirius XM, and then uh, Opie continued to do a show with Jim Norton. Uh, they broke up, and then uh, Opie was let go from Sirius XM, and now Jim does a show with Sam Roberts, who's always been very nice to me. Both those, both those guys have always been very nice to me. I have nothing but nice things to say about. Actually, I have nothing but nice things to say about. All four of those guys, if we're talking about, it. of course, Iraq, who was their executive producer for a long time, is a very close friend of ours. I love him to death. Consider him a very good friend, and uh, we're both huge, huge fans of uh, Steve C. He's one of our favorite people. Yes, he's one of our favorite people on earth. So, um, I listened to that show. I was heavily influenced by that show and that kind of era of radio, which is kind of looked down upon now because of how controversial it was and how sensitive everybody is but fuck all that it was great it was hilarious and uh, here locally wjfk was howard stern don and mike opie and anthony and the sports junkies and that'll still be in my mind the greatest lineup and i would listen to 16 hours of radio a day well whenever i got up like i get up for go to george mason uh turn on howard around eight o'clock finish that up and i would have um I had a Sony. It basically was like a jogging radio. This is before you had the apps on your phone. And uh, it had a little Velcro strap that went around where my bicep used to be. And uh, a little pair of earbuds. And I would sit there in class at George Mason and I would have an earbud in. And I would just listen to, it's probably why my grade point average was the way it was. Um, I would just listen all fucking day to that lineup. And it, it, it changed me. And it made me want to do this. Uh, sit in a room with Tor alone uh, with 100 listeners. So, um <laughs> I kid kind of. Uh, <laughs> I, social media is such a weird thing, Tor, and I'm, I'm going somewhere with this, I promise. I, I, to me, it's, it's very much like what Napster. Or the, the, I have found a lot of the best music in my life because of the internet, Tor. If there wasn't the internet, I would not have met the Reverend Peyton and his wife Breezy and the big damn band. I, I wouldn't have gone to 20 of their concerts, which I have, and they've become close personal friends, and their music means a lot to me. Yep. Um, Sonny Ledford, the same way. Any of these people that I've you know found and become friends with, it, it's more than just um, stealing songs off the internet. It's like I am discovering you know parts uh, that have made my life better because of the internet, and for that I'm grateful. I'm also grateful that... Cody Jenks, who I'm a huge fan of, I can go buy his record from his website and he doesn't even have a fucking record label. Like that money's just going to him. He was able to build and foster 
this community because The Rock found his music and put him over. Like, you know, I me mean, to a small extent, but people like me, people that have a little bit of an audience are able to, you know, Sturgill Simpson, Tyler Childers, these guys, Joe Rogan puts them over, they find a huge audience, like they're not getting played on the fucking radio anywhere. So the internet is great for that. But it's also terrible because people are thieves and people steal and people are awful and people don't understand the consequences of their actions and they're unhappy in their own lives. So they use the Internet to ruin people's lives. That's happened to me also. Um, and it's happened to lots and lots of people. So it's a it's it's a double edged sword. And it, it certainly isn't something that I fully understand. And it's, I'm going a long way to, to get to this point. The Opie and Anthony show. I check in on all those guys. Like I check in on what everyone's doing because I, I, I that that show is so, so important to me that I want all of those people to find success after that show is gone. And so much of the conversation surrounding that show is you guys need to get back together and you guys better do this and you guys better. And I'm just like, you really got to have a set of balls on you. You got to be really presumptuous to tell these guys what to do, uh, what the success that they have found. And I would say an enormous part of the conversation is also is people on social media anonymously telling these guys nonstop how irrelevant they are. You're irrelevant. Uh, you're not relevant anymore. Okay. Um, I, I don't know who you would consider relevant. Maybe it's uh, Miley Cyrus. Uh, maybe it's the Paul brothers. I, I don't know. I don't know who you would consider relevant and who you consider not relevant. But I'm not all that relevant, right? Like I do what I do here, and I'm lucky enough to have an audience. But I think most people that are listening to this would like to have what I have. I, I think a lot of people that listened to me over the years had some anger towards me because they listened to talk radio the way I did, would have liked to have done it, but had a kid or decided to get into finance or owned a business or whatever. They, they couldn't make it happen, and there was some animosity there. I, I'm not saying that a lot of the criticism I get, a lot of anger I get isn't brought on by me because it is. But I think that if I'm in a spot where I'm as irrelevant as I am, mm -hmm. but people still would look at what I have and say, wow, I bet that'd be pretty cool, you know, to host a show that people like and to be able to sell shirts and go out and do live shows and people show up in the middle of the day. That's all cool stuff. Like, I try to keep that in perspective. I'd like a little bit more. I don't need a lot more. I'd like a little bit more. But if people think that about me, which I know they do, multiply that times 100,000. And that's what Opie and Anthony built. And even if you think it's completely diminished, it's still 100,000 times more relevance than 99% of the people walking the earth. And I just, I would hope that people that are doing that stuff, that it, one day it dawns on them. I, I don't think angry people... I don't know what happens to them. They either get sick, they get old, they die, they get tired. But a lot of them stick around. I hope the epiphany that people have is it doesn't do me, even if you believe in your heart of hearts that Opie and Anthony are, and I'm just using them as an example, are irrelevant. How does that help you? How does that help you gain relevance? How does that help you fill whatever the void is in your life? Like Bruce Springsteen's music is fucking odious to me. I, I can't stand Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. I don't like his voice. I think he's overdramatic. Anytime someone covers a Bruce Springsteen song tour, it's better than what Bruce Springsteen did. I've never sent one tweet to Bruce Springsteen. I've never fucking once fired off an email to Bruce Springsteen's website. I just don't listen to his fucking music. And when sometimes there's a news story that comes out that he's collaborating with the killers, I might have like a snarky joke about that, but I wouldn't tag him or the other band. It's just, I don't get 
what I, I think people feel helpless and they feel that the only way that they can make it better for themselves is if they convince themselves that other people that they look up to or at least consume are in the same boat that they are. And they're just not. Opie and Anthony and Jim Norton, and, and they're not you're never going to be in the same boat as those guys are and command the audience they do. And if they did get back together, the millions of people that would respond to that. So I don't know. It's just weird because I check in on them all the time and I see them all get a lot of that same shit. You're irrelevant. Well, then what are you, brother? It would be like me walking into a McDonald's and saying, all you guys are fat. All you fatties out there, look how fat you are. Well, how fucking stupid would I look if I did that? How hypocritical would I look if I did that? It's, it's a weird thing to like log on and have that just beamed into your phone every day. See thousands of people acting that way and not realizing how silly they look. It's uh, desperate, I think. A lot of people come off as desperate, you know, yearning for a response from one of these guys. And it, I would never say, I think whatever their peak was, it, different than what it is now. Uh, but they're still trying to capture something. They're either trying to get under their skin. They're trying to get the, you Maybe. know. I, I see a lot of the uh, people, because I follow everybody from ONA. And that's, the, I think I started listening to them in like 2019. And it's the only thing that's really... What it's all I thought about for three, yeah. two years, whatever. You know, you're like, wow, this has been buried under here in these in YouTube for this long. It's just insane, and I've spent a lot of time with it. And I just see the interactions on Twitter. I'm like, okay, I've heard the callers, I've heard their shtick and do their bits. It seems a little different with, with what they're how they're handling it on Twitter. You know, it's not really joking. It's just kind of needling and trying to take them down. Everybody. Yeah, and there's a lot of that. It's, I think it's trying to drag down to your level, where is, I, I forgot, it might have been Corolla. Somebody has the, the, stop worrying about saving a penny and start worrying about earning a buck. I would have that advice to you, by the way. And I think it's the same mentality. It's, if there's somebody out there you look at and you think, wow, I'd like to have what they have, what, what I think a successful person would do is let that inspire them. Even, even if they don't like what that person is doing, it's like, well, I need to then work harder. I need to figure out a way to get an audience. I need to figure out this, that, and the other thing. And I think that there's very probably very few people that are wired that way. And I think lots of other people are wired the other way, which is covetous and why isn't this being handed to me? And I think, you know, there's aspects now of the life that we live in our society where people like that are being rewarded. You know, if the people you are able to, to tear someone down to your level, you are you are able to, you know, rip people's uh, a life apart with a Twitter account or, you know, going on Reddit or whatever the fuck it is you do. And it's happened to those guys. It's happened to those guys over and over again. So. It's weird checking in on them and seeing that consistently being something that's not going away. And I, I would wonder how much of it, but if it's everything we talk about, you, any political uh, hot button issue that we talk about in our society today, Tor, whether it is gun control, whether it is censorship, whether it is health care, I think so much of it, so much of it has to do with mental health. I think so much of it has to do with unaddressed mental health needs with people that we just keep putting band-aids over everything instead of getting in there and cutting that fucking tumor out because that's hard work. You know, you got to open somebody up and get in there and fucking chemo afterwards. Like, I get it. It's all a euphemism, of course. But I, I just think that if we ever had a meaningful conversation about that, then, you know, all the UFO stuff. Like, I want more funding to figure out what's going on with UFOs. Well, we have all this other fucking supercilious bullshit that we have to focus on because of all the mental health issues that, that influence everything else that we can't ever really have a meaningful. Why aren't we exploring our oceans? Like, why aren't we fucking taking all this massive pile of money and instead of using it to tell people they can't drink big gulps, figure out why do they need to drink big gulps? You know, why, why, why are so many people addicted to food and sugar in this country? It's like, well, it's not the fact that fucking it's not McDonald's fault. Like there's a goddamn bottle of bleach over there on the fucking counter. I can go over there and drink that if I want. 
I shouldn't. It hurts me. Same thing with fast food. Like, it's on every corner. Okay. It's on every corner. You know what else is on every corner? A place that sells lottery tickets. Guess what I don't do? I don't buy lottery tickets because it's stupid. Because everybody I know that buys lottery tickets has spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars and will never recoup that money. And they're chasing a fucking, you know, neon rainbow. Right. I don't know. I don't know how you get that from people talking shit to, to Greg, Greg Hughes on Twitter, but I got that <laughs> shit from people talking to Greg Hughes on Twitter. Anyway, I uh, don't mean to lecture, not a sermon, just a thought. Um, all right, so we had our live show today, uh, yesterday at Money Monk's Barbecue. Thank you, him, so much for having us out to Flying Ace Farm. If you haven't checked out Flying Ace Farm yet, by the way, you absolutely need to. That place is a goddamn palace. But let's get to some BMI. Let's have some fun. I don't mean to get all preachy and lecture on the free episode. Let's go ahead and fucking take some of these uh, voicemails and listen to some of these fucking drunken maniacs that call into this show. You're listening to The Chad Duke Show. <laughs> Make sure you sign up for the Chad Duke Show mailing list on chaddukeshow.com. Be the first to know what's happening on the program and maybe even win a prize or two. We promise we won't fill up your inbox with tasteful nudes. Well, we promise we'll truly make an effort not to. It is time now. It's time. It's Vader time. Each and every week, we like to reach out and touch you guys where the bathing suit covers, and it's been a couple weeks since we've done it, so let's get after it. This is Ask Shoot. Send us your questions, comments, or queries to mailbag at chaddukeshow.com, and we'll get to them on the show. Ooh, look at this. Tour guy uh, been busting his balls, but look at this. He pulled a bunch of audio for today. A lot of voicemails coming in, huh, Tor? A lot of voicemails, a lot of emails, too. Really? Yeah. Well, thank you to the listeners for that, the solid dudes and dudettes. 385-645-5375 is the phone number, the Branko Solutions hotline, if you would like to call us up. 385-645-5375. Leave a voicemail whenever you like. People seem to like to drink while they do it. Of course, mailbag at Shad Duke's show. Com if you'd like to send an email in. All right, without further delay, let's get after everybody's everything. Hey, Chad. This is David Slatt, currently in Portland, Oregon. Um, nothing gets me more steamed up than inside radio. Hmm. I have a million questions about things that happened on your shows in the past um, that you couldn't talk about, but maybe now you could talk about. Um, you can, of course, tell me to go pound sand, but my question is that a few years back, on CDVTW, Chris the Rooster Russo randomly started co-hosting with you, uh, um, and this went on for for a week or two, and then it just stopped. Is there any story there? Yeah, there's a story there. Um, it was more than a week or two, also, David. Uh, you're probably the only one on Earth that remembers that that happened. I had forgotten that, that happened until you just said so. Um, what had happened was I had uh, gone. I think about a year and a half, LeVar left, and uh, my ratings were way down. Like, my ratings were in the shitter. Uh, Grant and Danny were just destroying my show, and the junkies were destroying my show. I dropped, like, I don't even remember. It was bad. Like, in the demo, it was bad. Like, 25 to 54. Men 25 to 54 is what I was bonused in. So, um, the general manager at the time, who, of course, was fired, because they're all fired, wanted to put, I won't say who it is, I'm going to write it down for Tor just because he's going to laugh. When I write this down, the fact that this is this guy's idea to put me with. Um, well, especially... No, I'm getting some inside radio. I'm steamed. All right. Oh, what? That's what they wanted to put with me. Huh. Um, which, you know, I'm not comfortable speaking. One of the reasons why I was fired is... 
We'll talk about that another time. I- I'm not here to throw any slings and arrows. I-, I can't talk about why I was fired. I have a signed a contract, but um, I can talk about this. So they wanted to put someone on the show with me that would have been an unfucking mitigated disaster. Like it would have been like an atomic bomb going off in the studio. And I think my boss knew that. So, and this is just me speculating. I I don't know what his reasons were. We didn't really discuss it in depth. So I think to buy time, he put Rooster on with me um, so that I could have a co-host, somebody to bounce off of, somebody that was knowledgeable about Redskins football at the time. And honestly, I don't mind working with Rooster. Like, I like doing shows with people. It was fun, but it was somebody being forced onto your show um, because they didn't think your ratings were good enough. So it was a really, really troubling time for me. And I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, Ultimately, Rooster got taken off because I think the football season started and he was going down and covering the football team. And then the ratings went back up eventually where I was actually doing pretty damn good. Um, That's the thing about me is that like I was never number one, but I was always, you know, throwing punches and I did really well with the live reads and I had a lot of sponsors and my my number was low like I didn't make as much money as a lot of other hosts that would have in that capacity so I think that's why I had the longevity that I did but the reason why Rooster was there is because the general manager at the time who was of course immediately fired very soon after like they all are after they make terrible decisions um, wanted to commit afternoon drive suicide by putting the show together that he wanted to put together and maybe I would have gotten blown out anyway and maybe that would have been better for everyone now I'm, I'm sure the station's doing just fine but uh, that's what that was all about that's interesting though I've never had anybody ask me about that so it's fun to talk about all right let's head down to Florida man let me tell you one thing oh by the way oh this is grimy calling from Florida sounds like drunk really late I'm really drunk and now I had the courage to tell you, Tor, fucking Gigantor, fucking Gigantor, fucking pussy. Oh my God. I fucking sent you the goddamn song I've made for you three, four, five fucking times. Not one email back, not one motherfucking response back. It's cool, bro. Get in line. But I'm just telling you right now that. Join the fucking club, Grammy. It's way too far removed. Because everyone thinks that cold soldier is played out, but dog, <laughs> when, when the cold soldier shit happened, shit, I fucking made it a thing. I I made you a song, dog. Like I made you a whole intro. So all these all these cats that are playing you, listen, you know, Chad Dukes is playing you too, but you can't say shit to him. But I gave you a motherfucking intro, dog, and uh, you know. It's cool. Don't play it on the fucking. Don't play it on the show. It's all good. But damn, man, can you get a response back? You you complain. All y'all complain about all these horrible fucking production qualities. Right. DJ Grimy don't suffer. Don't suffer. production quality. DJ Grimy. I do that. Y'all should. Y'all should. Y'all should have played that shit, man. Anyways, love y'all show. You probably won't ever play this, and I don't need y'all to play this, but I just want y'all to know I love y'all so much. Thank you for everything. And the cold soldier always has DJ Grammy behind him, dog. Be easy.
Be easy, cold soldier. Wow. Grimy still like he had a few. Uh, Grimy, here's what you need to know, bud. Uh, Tor is the worst. I have had, Drab T-shirt up until this point was the worst communicator I've ever had as a producer. And I've had just terrible communicators. Tor is the worst. He is the worst communicator of anyone I've ever worked with. Now, he works very hard. He's good at a lot of other things. But as far as just physically returning emails and texts and Instagram messages, every time I tell Tor he's got an email sitting in the inbox, he looks completely bamboozled. What is it going to take for you to get better at that? Just more focus. Okay. That's, that's what it's going to take. All right. Um, what, what is this song that he's singing? Why didn't you give it to It's Just Desserts? I have a song and a drop. Um, I didn't Why does it take the guy basically drinking himself to death before you'll bring it to the show? I just didn't know how to use these things. But you could have said, hey, Dukes, do you like this? I mean, it could have been content for the program. You've done that for OK Terrific. Well, I You've got, done that for other people. I got them right here if you want to listen to them. Oh, uh, well, sure. What, what, what are we hearing here? He said he made a Cold Soldier theme song? There's a Cold Soldier theme song, which is about uh, a little over a minute long. And well, of then, course I'd like to hear that. Then there's about a 20-second Cold Soldier drop. OK. Yeah. I'm not sure I understand. Well, let's hear that first, because I don't understand what that is. OK. The music just went away. Here's the drop. Yeah, it's all it's on very, the same track. Nice fade. <laughs> just... <laughs> All right, here's the drop from DJ right. Grimey. I'm joined as always by my executive producer, Cold Soldier. Black long sleeve shirts, no one else sweats. Have a pretty good cozy budget. I don't want to stick it in. Tor didn't have sex. I'm king of the world. I just say baby girl. I mean, I like, I like the idea. I just what. What would that be? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you should have. You should have. That's interesting enough for you to bring to the show and play. Yeah. But I don't even know what that is. Like, if Grimey's going to sit there, because Grimey's good at that stuff. Like, he makes music. Like, mm -hmm. he, he, he can edit together sound. Um, if he's going to fucking sit there and do stuff for us. Like, I asked him. I asked Grimey to make me an intro for my gaming videos months ago, and I never heard back from him. So, like, I would rather him focus his attention on stuff we can use on the show if possible. Because um, that, I don't know if that's if that's what we want. But I do appreciate, I mean, it's better than this. <laughs> It still hasn't been, the levels haven't been brought back down. <laughs> Grimey, you got that beat, but I noticed he kept your levels way down and that one was thumping. I'm having some cognitive dissonance with the mastering of, of Grimey's. Uh, I guess, stuff. I guess so. Um, all right, well, that's good. I'm glad we heard that. And uh, thanks to Grimey for the effort. And I'm, I'm sure, Tor, if there's something he sends in in the future, you will uh, you'll respond. Oh, so you don't even want the uh, the full intro? Oh, uh, so this is an, in an intro song or is it just a song song? It's kind of like an intro song. It's kind of like the last one, but a minute and 30 seconds. Um. Uh, I don't, probably don't need to hear that. Okay. Yeah. Is it, is it a lot like the last one? Pretty similar, yeah. Pretty similar concept and theme. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm good. Okay, cool. Thank you, though. I should listen to the song first, I think. <laughs> Probably should have done that. But, Grimey, thank you. I appreciate you. appreciate you being so uh, loyal to all the shows that I've been involved with in the past. Thank you, buddy. Oh, boy. And he thought you wouldn't play his voicemail, and there it is. All two minutes of it. And apparently this next son of a bitch is even drunker than Grimey. My first concert was Jesus Priest 
Actually, well, I just got to live now, but camera was cold when I went there, but I the first concert I saw was Judas Priest. Just wondering how uh uh the big dukes thinks Judas Priest. Um that's about it. Uh are you sure guys. Is that love? That, it was Ryan in Bristol, by the way. Was that he said love the show, guys? Yeah, the, the last fifteen seconds were unusable. <laughs> the first fifteen were also unusable. Um, is he asked? It was. I think Jimmy Lube Live is what he was saying. I think because he was saying it was uh, Nissan Pavilion is mm-hmm. what it was before it was Jimmy Lube Live. Um, I like Judas Priest. Uh, Headed out to the highway is one of my uh, favorite songs of all time. Yeah. Um, I guess that's all he wanted to know. Yeah. All right. Well done, Ryan. Appreciate that. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is, uh, let's go out to uh, Nameless and Undisclosed. Hey, Big Q. Hey, Tor. Uh, Washington football team question, actually football question in general. Uh, as a fan, everywhere I look, the only thing that the Washington football team is being um, applauded for is having a great social media team, and now there's, like, the um, co-ed dance team and all that stuff. I just think, like, it's taking away from the sport. Like, normie culture is just, like uh, kind of taking away from the actual on-field what? stuff. Uh, I understand that's better for a wider view, but, you know, whatever. I just – you both are football fans from different generations. Just wondering what you thought of that. Peace out, guys. Yeah, it sucks. Uh, it's horrible. It's all for – but, again, it's not for us. It's for they, – they're trying to appeal to a younger demographic, and the younger demographic now is all about, like, you know, equality and social activism and all that shit. I just want to sit down and watch football. Uh, I just want to go and watch a movie – um, somehow that has been painted with a brush of that, you know, you're, I don't know, not a hate monger. I have no idea. I, I don't like any of it, but I never liked the halftime show at the Super Bowl. I didn't like the commercials at the Super Bowl. I mean, we've been, right. de- we've been dealing with people trying to wedge football's the most popular thing we got. I was just reading an article today tour. Um, CBS, uh, refused to renew the American country music awards. Basically said, go fuck yourself. And the reason is the ratings are in the shitter for all of these award shows. Everything that is traditional and conventional in our country right now, when you put it on television, is taking a pounding. Um, Football is the exception to that. Uh, In sport, in pop culture, and everything. So for our entire lives, they've been trying to take the popularity of football and wedge bullshit into it. So, you know, if you can't stomach bullshit in our society right now, you're going to probably go mad and go crazy. So... Yeah, you know, I unfollowed a lot of the Washington football team social media just because none of it really seems to be about football. It seems to be about all this other shit. But you have to also understand the teams have been under assault for decades about the name, like accused of horrible things. The owner accused of horrible things. Like it's just been an absolute punching bag for decades and decades and decades. And what I think they're doing right now is a bit of a crash diet. Where they're like, if we're going to move in a different direction, we're going to move all the way in a different direction. And, I mean, you go ahead and look at their Facebook page and look at the responses to some of the shit they put up with. I don't want to get into it, but a lot of people don't seem to like it all that much. But what are you going to do? Like, you can either choose to let that shit eat you up inside or you can not. And I'm, I'm going to try to err on the side of not. I think a lot of the stuff about football is really great now. I think it's exciting. I think that we have a lot of great characters in football, pro and college. Great I think, players. I think the players are better than they've ever been. Agreed. Uh, but I think a lot of it is shitty. I think that it's catering to non-football fans, which is annoying to me, especially with, and I'm not a, a big college football fan by any means, NFL before anything else. Of course. 
but the FBS just proposed a 12-team playoff, basically. And one of the big uh, caveats with this is there's not going to be home field advantages right. in it. It's all going to be at Mercedes-Benz Stadium or Lambeau Field or some big fucking spectacle field. Whereas, Well, you know why that is. Yeah, exactly. It's for money, it's for revenue, it's to make it a big show, whereas we're forgetting that it's a football game. Mm. And football games in front of rabid college fans in a playoff, there should be a home field advantage. Yeah, brother, but I mean, you, what about the national? I mean, the national championship game is proven for years that's not the truth. I mean, they travel for bowl games already. Everybody's that, that's the problem that I have with that argument. I've heard that argument quite a bit. You've had to travel for bowl games since we've had college football, and your family has to get up and move, and it's difficult to get tickets and all of that. But um, I, I don't think they care. Kornheiser recently went on a rant on PTI about how ESPN was never going to say anything bad about this. Because, we're stupid if we don't believe this. Is why, why do you think? Why do you think John Cena apologized to China? Do you think that he was really worried about offending Chinese? No, they want Fast and the Furious to go to China and make seven billion dollars. Like, it's it, we sit here and say, well, it should be about fans. It should be about, no, is it about fans? Like, if you're sitting there working for Xerox, do you give a fuck if people that have been really loyal to Xerox? Are, no, you want to make money. You want your rev shares to go up. You like. We always are shocked because we invest so much emotionally in these teams that they don't reciprocate that when they're just a business entity like anything else. I get it. I just think of it, of it from my perspective. If I was the the five seed and I was playing the 12 seed right. in this, I'd want to be playing at home because that's what happens in the FCS and their playoff is lauded for being very strong and they only go, they go to Frisco, Texas only for the championship. And for the previous FBS uh, layout, I, I'm fine with it. Four teams, it's only four? Go ahead, do it in neutral people site. Bi- people bitched about that. People were complaining about that. I mean, you gotta understand, like, this is fucking the DH. Go to all these pedantic sports debates that we've always fucking had. Anytime there's change, people bitch and moan and complain. And that's what you're doing right now. You might be right, but I don't think it's gonna stop anybody for if they see, you know, a land grab. Maybe the NFL isn't gonna be better with an 18 game schedule. Do you wanna bet me right now in a decade there's not gonna be an 18 game schedule? No, there definitely will be. Right. WNCX is not better off without Kenny Kidd, but if they think, hey, we can save $10,000, put someone in there part-time, and we can get, you know, a .5 share less, let's do it. That's not the way the decisions are made. No, I get it. I just, I like the NFL playoffs, and I like that there's home fields, and I like all I that stuff. It's just, that's just, I, I understand all the money stuff. I understand business, revenue, all that. It, it is a business, but the football player in me and the football fan in me leans to that emotional But the NFL side. already has that structure. The the if if the NFL could re- take rip that structure out, tear it up and then say, I bet they would like to put a different fucking team on Thanksgiving instead of Detroit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're standing on ceremony there. The, the Washington they, they were getting killed. Trade Ryan Kerrigan. Trade Ryan Kerrigan. Bruce Allen saying no. He's a redskin for life. This is a guy that's a pillar of a That was the mentality. This we're going to reward this guy. We want him here forever. People were fucking furious about that. They pick and choose where they want their emotionalism and their nostalgia and that personal connection. I understand what you're saying, though. It is yeah. it is frustrating as a fan to see some of that shit. Um, all right, let's go out to Brandon. Oh, Brandon Ashburn, one of our best uh, voicemailers. Hey, Torrance has uh, Brandon and Ashburn here. Looking forward to seeing you guys at a Flying Ace Farm this Thursday. I was wondering if uh, maybe we could get an Ott Joe Camel t-shirt or a uh, co-ed naked uh, Chad Duke show shirt. I think that would uh, be a big thing. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Aunt Joe Camel shirt is very funny. Um, co-ed naked. What would it be for us, though? Co-ed naked six seconds of glory. <laughs> co-ed naked ghost fishing. Like, I don't know what it would be. Um, I just, for me, guys, 
I'll level with you on the shirts. Uh, I have a very small, very small, but very passionate fan base, yeah. and they support a lot of what I do. Um, and it's good because you guys help me. You guys are earning me. You guys are providing me my living. Is what you're doing. Let's let's just call it what it is. The subscribers and the star donators and the people on the Hoot Nanny and the people that buy the shirts. You are allowing me to pay my cable bill and keep my mortgage. Um, I can't put it any as bluntly as that. It's why I feel so indebted to all of you guys for going on this journey with me. I, I, I'm a big believer in commercialism and consumerism and. Um, I think you're all adults. Like I never got Stern's jag of I'm not going to sell shirts because I'm taking advantage of the audience. The audience is adults. You guys can decide. Like I buy a lot of Blackberry Smoke albums. I don't buy everything they put out. You know, I like to support the band. When Reverend Peyton puts out a new shirt, sometimes I buy it, sometimes I don't. I, I'm a fan of his. I want to support him. I don't believe what Stern believes in that regard. But do you know what a hasa is, Tor? That it's a pig straight. that don't fly straight. I don't want to be a hoss. The other guy's greed. Like, I don't want to be a gordo. Um, I don't want to take advantage of people. I, I know that if I put out, if I took a picture of you taking a shit mm -hmm. and I put it on a shirt, Kevin Smith would buy it. Yeah. I don't want to take advantage of Kevin Smith. Our Kevin Smith, not the movie Kevin Smith. Yeah. Um, well, I don't want either of them having that shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, wait, I need to put that shirt out. Um, you know, I own a small business. People support the small business. You know, I do a gaming stream. People support the gaming stream. I have this entity. People support this. I just, I want to walk that fine line between, yeah, I want to provide stuff for people that enjoy what I do to be able to buy something cool. And I hope you appreciate that I don't put out shit. Like, if you look at this CD, it's, yeah, we joke about it being a CD. It's 10 times cooler than any CD I've ever bought at a concert tour. Yeah. When we put out the records for Big O and Dukes, I made sure we paid extra so that we could get all the artwork and the, 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 heavy vinyl and all that shit. Like, I don't want people buying something and taking it home and saying, this is a pile of shit, you know? So, I appreciate it. And like the Sword Show shirts, they were expensive. That's the last thing we put out. I just don't want to overdo it with an audience that's already doing so much. I, I agree. You know, you, you don't want to water it down. Yeah. Special stuff should be special. And that's why, out of anxiety, I quadruple checked all the files that were on the CD last night. <laughs> oh, you listen to it? I've been driving around yes. so anxious. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so, I was like, I got to check. I'm like, <laughs> Torin Dukes is stabbing me. Dino Cicerelli would never do this. Um, good. So you checked it all and it sounds fine? Yeah. It's like, I think I. I like knowing that even if nobody buys the product, which happens to me a lot, it's a good product. Yeah. You know, I feel good about doing that, and the people don't think it's just a cash grab. <laughs> the reason why we charge so much for the fucking Sword Show shirts is that, A, I only wanted to sell 20 of them, and it had to be worthwhile, and B, we had to ship them back and forth to Baltimore twice, stab them, sign them, and then also have additional blood printed on them. It was a way more expensive process. Trust me. I got the fucking tab from Bus. We did a great job, by the way, Bus Teams. You did phenomenal. Nobody's ever had to do that with T-shirts before. Okay. Oh, speaking of people that support the show. Hey, guys. It's Josh Swoka. Wanted to give you some Tebow perspective living down here. Tebow's a god down here and something that, like, every single person around here has a Tim Tebow story of him growing up in here. The high school where, like, my kids go and stuff still has banners up from when Tebow won the high school championship however long ago. They still celebrate him. He's, you go to a restaurant and they'll always say, oh, well, Tebow was here three weeks ago and tipped generously. Everyone I know bought a Tebow jersey. 
Okay. Yeah. I mean, I get that. Um, but what is he trying to? I mean, I, mean, I, I, I think that goes more to the argument that we don't understand why it isn't a bigger story down there. Because what he's talking about is, of course, the story we had earlier in the week where the press corps has not asked Urban Meyer one question about Tim Tebow and the Jaguars. It's just got to be... I, I, it might it might just have to be the press not trying to be a rube and asking about Tebow. Could be. But then they're doing too smart for the room. I, yep. if, if I was... I'm sorry. I know this is low-hanging fruit. If I was a beat reporter, I would ask a Tebow question every fucking day, and then I would write a Tebow story every fucking day. Right. It sucks, and I, everyone would hate me, but I guarantee people would click on my story, so... I don't know. Yeah, it's like, well, also, Florida is conservative. They're Christian. Uh, Tebow is conservative. He's Christian. He also won a national champ. I mean, he checks so many boxes for down there. Um, but the fascination really does seem to still be, at least in the, the football community right now, from the outside looking in um, instead of the people that are there in Jacksonville kind of covering that story every day. Right. All right, very good. Thank you to Josh Shroka. He's a good man. Wish him nothing but the best in all of the world. Would not be able to sit here and do all this stuff today without all the hard work he put in. All right, Tor, I got some uh, a bunch of emails here. We got some emails, and then maybe we got some audio in one of these. We got some audio? Yep. All right. Well, we'll try to get to all of that. Gentlemen, oh, by the way, we're sponsored by Monk's Barbecue and Flying Ace Farm in Percival, the Fortress of Solid Dudes. I don't think I said that earlier. Uh, please follow Flying Ace Farm on Instagram if you haven't done it already, friendos. At Flying Ace Farm, and let them know that uh, I sent you in their direction because... Um, they've been really good to us, and it's not just Monk out there. He's got a bunch of partners that don't know as much about what we do here as Money Monk does, and they've been really cool and really accommodating, and they're going really out of their comfortability to make sure that we have a good event on Thursday. So, yeah, please give them a follow. Gentlemen, really want to let you know about the deliciousness I found today. Ordered three naked chicken chalupas from Taco Bell via DoorDash, and it gave me the option to add steak. I know uh, Chad knocked Taco Bell for not filling the original with meat, justifiably, but I assure you this is stupendous. Also, I'm hammered. Mark Porcher. Uh, Mark, thank you, bud. Mark's been with me for a long time. Uh, that sounds... Uh, did, you, did you ever hear that, that segment we did? I did, where it was just a bunch of goop on the inside. Well, it was lettuce and goop. Yeah. I mean, a, a chicken shell for a taco tour i think you and i would both agree 10 out of 10 but but a taco isn't just a shell lettuce and goop there's meat inside of it i was a big fan of the kfc double down love that thing i don't know why it was just because great. it's fried chicken and bacon uh, and delicious cheese and that, that's why that's why you're fan. so good replacing the butt as much as i like bread uh -huh. like those deli sandwiches where they replace it with a dill pickle i fucking i'm all in on that i i'm always going to be interested in trying those especially if it's with meat and it, I love that you call me a rube. The Taco Bell steak, I love it. Just give me a giant bowl of that. I'll eat it with a fucking it's just fork. just super seasoned. Really is. Yeah. I mean, you know it's just made from fucking beavers or something, right? Who cares? They, yeah. made from Whatever. They season it. They always say that shit. They're always like, you know that it's F grade. Fuck you. Spices are A grade. It's dead animals. That's what we're eating. Why does society look down on people for going bald, guys? It's a strange... It is a strange place. I mean, where else can someone that is natural someone else that is natural get frowned on while others get praised for self-inflicted obesity personally i ha will have a ponytail with seven pieces of hair at some point that's just how shit goes what does that mean be glad you lived long enough for it to happen fellas lose the hats you ain't fooling no one spider clamp what the fuck is spider clamp talking about he sent in a, a previous email saying that he worked with a co-worker that always wore a hat and then he took it off and there was just a full head of hair and that was just a story. So this one is just him saying. No that. one has more hair than Spider Clamp. Yeah, I know. Um, Spider Clamp. I think for, well, a couple of things wrong here. I, I, is, who is? Are he talking about like the women in the swimsuit issue? They're obese. 
I have no idea. Here, okay, here's here's what I agree with you. As someone that is or obese, I think if I went to the doctor, they would tell me that. Um, I'm not proud of it. I don't know anyone that's obese that's proud of it. You're, you're talking about this whole culture of we can't body shame, we can't. There's a fine line to walk here. I don't think fat people should be shamed walking down the fucking street. I don't think anybody should be shamed walking down the fucking street. But there's a difference between that and lauding something that is hurting you and lauding something that ultimately, even if you're not having adverse circumstances right now, you will. For instance, I've been obese for a long time. In my 30s, I was fine. I ran around playing sports. Now I'm having problems. Like I'm having problems with my knee, with my ankle, uh, with my cardio. And it's because I've been overweight for too long and I've got to make some changes. So you're conflating two different issues there. One, telling a bald guy just to take his hat off just because he's not trying to fool anybody. He's ashamed. He's ashamed. Be being a man without the ability to grow hair is the same as being a man with a little dick. Like if you, it's all in our lizard brain. Like we're, we're wired to be able to go out and attract women. And generally, if you don't have any hair, it means you're older and you can't protect the fucking pride. So that's where it all comes from. Like, you should probably know that already. You just got to get yoked if you're bald. I guess, but like people are always like, well, Stone Cold Steve Austin's bald. Well, tell me, point me at a couple guys in Springfield Mall that look like Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'll wait. Not many. There's not. Jean-Luc Picard is bald. Right. Well, he's got a great head. A lot of people, <laughs> when they go fucking bald, they got a big, weird-looking head, or they got rosacea, or they got zits, or they got... That's real easy for you to say, Spider Clamp, with a giant fucking ponytail. And I'm not trying to shit on you, but I'm not bald, but I'm trying to give some perspective. The second I go bald, the second I see a hair come out of the back of my head, it's all going. I don't feel any way about it whatsoever. Like, I don't have that hang up. But I got a hang up. I know a lot of guys that aren't hung up on their bitch tits. Guys will just walk around. I know lots of listeners walk around wearing blank, light colored shirts, and I could see their man boobs, and I, they don't care. I care about that. Yeah. Tor cares about that. You know, I'm not thrilled about mine, but I'm, I'm actually okay. Like, you know. No, but you wear sweatshirts because of other issues. Like, you have insecurities. Oh, uh, my about love it. handles are just out of control. There it is. All right, there it is. Just not, out of control. It's the love handles. I, I just don't feel comfortable telling. My wife, though, here's the people I do feel comfortable lecturing. <laughs> my wife it was like 110 pounds. She has the entire time we've been together. She's always been in shape. And she'll come in and say, I feel fat. I can't wear this. I got to buy new clothes. And I'm like, you're fucking crazy. Like, you have body dysmorphia. There's a difference between body dysmorphia and being insecure about an unattractive part of yourself. All right? And I think that we could do a better job of maybe not getting so hung up on it because it borderlines on narcissism. But I can't tell. I mean, Drab was such a great sport about going bald. And he didn't feel good about it. Right. I, I don't know. He's he, he dealt with that way better. The, the painting that I'm looking at of Drab where the tits and the paunchiness and the bald head, I would kill myself. I literally would walk off a fucking overpass if I had that painting of myself. And Drab just sloughs it off and laughs it off because he's more secure. Like he can just, people are wired differently and they handle that crap differently. So I don't feel comfortable screaming at him that much. But thank you for the email. Started off really crazy, but actually turned into a good uh, discussion. Big shoot and big lower half. You see, look, that's uncalled for. <laughs> I don't bother you. It's been that way my whole life. <laughs> Saw someone post online about enjoying the new Conjuring at the 4DX movie theater. Looking around the area, uh, there's a theater out in Ashburn way instead of having to go to D.C. Uh, would any of the summer movies tempt you to go out of your way to see them with an interactive experience? Any classics you'd like to see to recreate the interactive theater experience? Also, The Conjuring or any other 4DX horror movie 
is selected for a field trip for the Fortress Film Society. Please force Tor to go and take some video. I'm still laughing at him jumping from the security camera video, John in Arlington. Um, I have a couple other videos of Tor throwing himself on the ground with a security camera that I might post in the near future. I don't even know what this is. I don't know what he's talking about. You know what he's talking about? It's like a roller coaster in a movie theater. Like they, you know, they, they're all upon you. It's 3D, but there's like stuff that happens with the seats and uh, all that stuff. No, I think that's for idiots. Yeah. Yeah. That's for dumb people. I'll pass. I'll, pa I'll hard pass. Is that the one that Oscar used to always talk about where they would like blow water on your fucking legs or I, some shit? I think Drab went there once to see a movie. Now, honestly, I'd, I'd like to sit and enjoy a movie. Like, I don't need a roller coaster ride. If I want a roller coaster ride, I'll go to a roller coaster. Yeah. Now, if you're going to tell me the new Avatar movie comes with this option, all right, like those movies are supposed to be built like that. I won't go see it, but no, I have no interest in this whatsoever. I like seeing movies in the theater, big sound, um, pizza delivered to my table, beer delivered to my table. That's pretty much all I need. So I can ask for. Yeah, who else could you ask for? Hi, Chad. I've listened to you since Phoenix. I believe that when Tor yelled at you for his poor decision-making is the first time I've ever heard anyone yell at you on the air when you weren't fighting with the other person, am I mistaken? Uh, I don't... I People have yelled... I've gotten into so many arguments on the air, I don't know... Is he, I don't know. What's the question? Do you understand the question? Uh, was this the first time that somebody, like when you weren't in a in a in a bout, you know, were you on that one show, on the Thursday show at the beach when you were trying to keep it light, and I was losing my mind? Oh right, yeah. yeah, yeah. Is you, that what you, that is that what he's talking about? Yeah, and you were not being combative at all, and I was just being a, a complete jackass. Oh, he yeah. means that I. Uh, is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's what that's how I interpreted it. I've ever heard anyone yell at you on the air when you weren't fighting with the other person. Um, I'm sure it's happened before. Like, I can remember Drab screaming and yelling and losing his mind and me trying to keep it even keel. But it's very rare. I would agree. Normally, I uh, if if people are screaming, I'm screaming also. Like, that's kind of the way it works on the radio. Um, no, that was a weird spot. I've had a bunch of people message me, are we going to hear what happened with X, Y, and Z? Um, first of all, if you listen to last Thursday's episode, you don't have the whole context. We had we had a source actually reach out to us. I don't know if we said this on the show, and he had spoken to the girl in question, and she actually listened to the show. So it, it wasn't nearly as creepy as I think it was coming across on the air. Um, I, I didn't know Tor was as uptight about that as he was. And there's times in here where he plays up like being upset about something, and it's good for the air. You were shoot upset, and I don't think that I was registering that, and I was trying to just kind of keep it a fun segment, but that's why in that moment when I realized you were, I didn't know how to get out of it deftly. Um, I usually think I'm pretty good on the balls of my feet in these situations, but I didn't know how to get out of it, so I thought the best way for us to do it is to go to break, come back, and then you know finish the show with something else. Yeah, it was a fight that didn't need to be had, and in that moment, uh, it was misplaced anger because... Um, what I was considering something that was probably 90% a bit, and the 10% was the actual action of possibly going out there. Right. Uh, when when it became, I was mad at myself for possibly making it more real life than I had intended it to, with actually giving out the show name and doing that. And when that happened, I got uh, embarrassed and mad at myself, and I misplaced my anger towards Dukes. And uh, yeah, it was not it was not great. So. Well, look. Those aren't those things aren't ideal, but also what I've learned is that unfortunately the audience likes those moments. Yeah. So even though it was awkward for you and I, and it wasn't ideal for you and I, it ultimately is a good thing for the audience, and that's all that matters. Here's another thing, guys. I don't. 
Everyone's had the thing where you get it. I had a bad day at work and you come home and you get in an argument with your wife, you know, or you yell at the dog or we're humans. It's difficult. And what Tor and I are doing, you can't compare. I don't know how you compare this to anything. It, it's not even like performing a surgery with another doctor for 16 hours because you're just sitting there. You have a task that you're focusing. Tor and I are focusing on each other. <laughs> yeah. You know, like we're in here. That's why LeVar and I would get into these fucking fights. And it's like we were in there for five hours a fucking day. Like two completely different people with two completely different sets of values. And you're just locked into interpersonal communication. You get three minutes to go take a piss and then you're right back into it. I can't explain to you how difficult that is to do without button heads. And if he's feeling emotionally about something differently than I, I, I have come in, I, I have a lot of regret. I, I would walk in after doing the sports show just in a hideous fucking mood because I hated what we were talking about or I, it was March Madness. I didn't want to talk about it. I felt like I was being neutered and then I had to sit in traffic to get here. And I would be a dickhead for the first 20 minutes of both. And I, I regret the shit out of that because it wasn't those, like, I had issues with those guys at times, but it certainly wasn't their fault. Um, I think everyone can relate to that part of it, you know? Yeah. And just, if you and I sitting here doing this and it's just our personalities, like that's all that's sitting here right now. So you have a little bit of a music bed, but it's just two personalities in a room trying to fill a void. That's what we're doing. And somebody has got something going on in their personal life of course that's gonna fucking leak out onto the air every once in a while. I also think you've done a, a, a very good job, because I've seen it, I think, once uh, when I was showing up to Bode, where you came in, and it was, uh, I w it probably wasn't a great, great day. Right. And it was, uh, uh, I'm like, oh, okay, that happened. And then, but for the most part, I think I've seen you come in here t two or three times where it's been, you're coming in like, oh, uh, uh, you know. And then, but you, sure. you, you, you haven't carried it on to here. You know, a couple times you've just gone through, <laughs> I think it was... I think it was like week three. You came in and it was a whole bunch of stuff with the the car, or the dogs, or traffic. And yeah. Yeah. You, you, un, you just unloaded for 25 minutes. I'm like, oh, okay, not bad. Well, <laughs> I mean, go. yeah, but that's also. I think I, I hope that I don't know. I, I probably this is sad. For, you, you would not agree with this tour, because, but I can tell you, I've treated you with probably I've treated you better than every other producer I've ever had, and I feel bad because a lot of those I had to learn. I'm still learning, you know, like I'm a professional doing this. Like I can turn off my bullshit and do a show because people are paying for a show. Right. But there's times I know when I was a dickhead to a producer that didn't fucking deserve it just because I was mad about something else and I never went back and revisited that. So I think that's why with you at least, that same night where we had the blow up, it's like I recognized almost immediately what had happened. My wife and I went out, we bought beer, came back and it's like, I already know what this is. And like, I felt bad because you're in such a different state in life. I could tell you were still messed up about it. I'm like, look, nothing happened in there that wasn't easily overcomable. And I think that because I've gotten to this state in my career, I was able to figure that out and then come out and kind of dispel all that. And we were able to go back in and do a good show. Yeah, I appreciate that. I think we had a good uh, final 20 minutes. It was great. Yeah, I thought it was great. It was light. It was fun. It was funny. Uh, if you go back and listen to that Thursday show, the gap in between when we stopped after that blow up was the entire fishing trip for you guys. Yeah. And then uh, we went to the brew through and then we came back in and uh, we did the show at like 1130 at night after everybody was drunk. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, last one. Hey, guys, uh, thank you for all the live on location shows. Other shows would pre-record content or run best ofs if they go away with Tor's unfortunate, unfortunate brew through incident. You really made an impact with the listening audience, yeah, Tor. I guess so. <laughs> I found myself reeling 
Uh, oh, feeling rough for the young guy. He's fantastic on the show, and I thought I should answer his call for some of us listeners to try to contribute a little bit more. This one's for you, buddy. Proud Knight in the Sword Knife Cutting Crew. Oh, okay, terrific. Did he send some audio in? Oh, he did. You know, uh, I forgot who, I think Ted, Hotman Ted, sent in the um, screen cap to me where he actually sent a friend's request to OK Terrific, and it got approved. <laughs> and then he sent a picture to me and just put money signs underneath it. He's a big fan of OK Terrific, just in case people weren't aware of. Uh, so what is this that he sent in? Oh, it's a, uh, it's a song about your boy. I like songs about you. It's one of my favorite things. Let's hear it. Here's this awesome fade, all right, and then... Oh, that is a fucking sick fade, bro. <laughs> it's like Kid and Play's haircuts. <laughs> all right, here we go. I saw that snake, I was baptized by the wiggling muscle in that scaly hide. Park here in this ditch so I can hit it with a stick. Fade me, less I'm macking on a lady. I'll be locked in baby girl mode, or maybe looking around. No place to push these farts out. Your friend called me a lummox, cause her shoe got my beer on it. But before we say goodnight, could you just give me a hand? Get in this couch in my van. in that dude that's so fucking great pull over this ditch and hit this snake with a stick I didn't I didn't know if I wanted it to be a smash oh, or not but it dude. was a smash you think okay terrific is gonna be comfortable performing all of his songs in front of people cause we're gonna need to do that at some point I don't <laughs> by the way the Brooks and Dunn cover out of nowhere that's fucking great Big Shoot is gaming and he wants you to be a part of it head over to Chad Duke Show Gaming on Facebook Turn on your notifications and you'll know when Shooter is going live. Tune in to see big finishing moves, tall vampire ladies, and samurais in Tsushima. Follow Chad Duke Show Gaming to get all the info you need on any of the giveaways that take place as well. All right, well, I have a quick review, actually. I think you'll appreciate this. This is the Body Mass Index on the Chad Duke Show. Actually reviewed this down at the beach, courtesy of the Cold Soldier. Um, we were doing a bit where either a tour would go out to get drinks or I would go out to get drinks. So we try to bring back a 12 pack of seltzers that we hadn't tried before to go along with everything else. By the way, after you left, I guess you and I were the only ones drinking seltzers because <laughs> you fucking left and nobody else wanted them. And I was just crushing seltzers the rest of the fucking, which is fine, by the way. Right. But I was shocked at how little interest the rest of the house had 
in the seltzer game. And I consider, you know, I consider myself at least like a sergeant major in the seltzer game. Um, I think we're pretty deep in it. Oh, absolutely. I, I just didn't know the rest of the house was not all that into it. Eggers. Right. Fucking strap hangers. Enjoy your, um, your freaking cigar butts out of the gutter. Your cigar butts out of the gutter, you motherfucker. Maybe there's some flavor left in that bad boy. A couple of puffs before you're smoking cotton, you chotch. Um, Tor brought back the Bud Light Seasonal Seltzer Retro Summer Variety Pack. Now, Bud Light Seltzers, they are fucking all in. Every time I go to the grocery store, there's a high volume Bud Light Seltzer. There's a lemonade Bud Light Seltzer. There's an Arnold Palmer Bud Light Seltzer. I mean, Tor, everybody's in the Seltzer game now, but I feel like they're balls deep with peanut butter painted on their dick. They bombed so bad on their first iteration of Seltzers. They were terrible. They had the truly stomach acid taste, and they also had the the blandness of of uh, the, the, just nothing in there. So it was just a terrible mix. And then since then. They've kind of come roaring back a little bit with some of their flavors. I mean, the the they did a, uh, a summer's here theme, which was sure. like a, all the drinks. There was like a margarita one. Those were terrible. They those were terrible. They, I had those. They did a Christmas edition. I liked those because there was a ginger snap one that was good. There was a cranberry one and like an apple crisp or something like that. Those three were good. And there was a peppermint patty one that made me almost throw up in my mouth. I'd like to try that, actually, because maybe you should pound one at the end of the night so when the cop's pulling you over, at least you're burping up fucking peppermint patties instead of goddamn Sambuca. <laughs> instead of like Listerine. You're Disgusting, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, you should do a shot of Listerine before you get out on the road. You get the dysentery, but at least maybe you don't get the dewey. Um... So these these this 12-pack uh, tie-dye is the theme. Um, th th we're doing a, a story on um, Fastest Hour on Radio, mm -hmm. and it's about, like, who are you marketing towards? And one of the things we discuss is who are these marketed towards? And this looks like a child's beverage. I'll just leave it at that. I, I, I thought of that the second I pulled it out of the fucking yeah. refrigerator. Um, there's three different flavors, cherry limeade, blue raspberry, and summer ice. Um the cherry limeade is drinkable. Like you can actually have one and then maybe think about in a week having a second one. Yeah. The other two are so fucking sweet and so cartoonishly. It, I was trying to think of what I could compare it to, Tor. And I don't even think you could say, hey, take one of those icy pops out of the fridge, let it melt, and then drink that down. I think if you took one of those massive pixie sticks you, you know what i'm talking about like not the paper ones but the big plastic joint that turns into a huge coke straw yeah you mix that with a thimble of water you shake that up that is what these taste like the summer ice flavor i think you should buy a 12 pack you're not gonna like it i mean you're gonna want to die after you drink it but i've never tasted anything sweeter in my life than that fucking... I was surprised Ant-Man wasn't all over these because he's got like a child's and a pregnant woman's sweet tooth. You know what I mean? It's like Gatorade. Yeah, he has the body of a pregnant woman also. Um, the blue raspberry is the most artificial beverage I've ever put into my body. Like, I know I'll die a year early now because I had one of those things. I, I can't believe... I don't know who would go around... Like, I would love to sit in a beer aisle tour and watch someone say, oh, I got those Bud Light Seltzer Retro Summers. I'm going to get another 12-pack. And then I would put them on a watch list and I would have the FBI cruise by their house twice a day. They're fucking wild, man. Did you try those things? I bought the first pack and then somehow another pack appeared. I don't know. How is that day. possible? Somebody must have said those guys like it. No. Well, I did not. I did not like them. I only like them because they changed the color of my party cup. That's what I like. Oh, that's right. You were drinking out of your party cup and they, they did a good color on the... I mean, 
the seltzer is the color that you think that it would be coming out of that can. It's not all the clear. Every every seltzer's clear is got. Like, I prefer that, by the way. Yeah, these these look like juice. I think one of the reasons why people drink seltzers though is they're under the guise of less additives, gluten free, you know, less sugar. The, these are just filth. They're just fucking filth. And I gotta say, this is not gonna be popular. I think the Michelob ultra organic seltzers are the cleanest seltzers in the game. I, I don't know if it's a placebo tour because because of the packaging is very light. It's very muted, but I have tried so many seltzers now that just taste like, I guess, wine coolers. I don't know what the fuck else they would be. It's kind of shifting the paradigm away from why you're drinking seltzers in the first place. It's it, like, it's, a Venn diagram that we have here, or not a Venn diagram, it's, it's, a, it's a spectrum. You have the, the super juicy, super sweets, this new iteration of Bud Light Natural Light Seltzers. That's on the super sweet side. Yeah. Then you have like the, the healthier ones. I don't know. I've never had the Vizzy, but I know they do the whole- I've had those. They're not bad. I, I, and the Michelobes, I'd put it the, the far, the weak, weaker tasting, maybe a little less sugar. I think the other end of the spectrum is the Trulies and the White Claws, like the torchbearers that first came, because I feel like those have almost been left in the dust now. They taste completely different than like this next generation, because there's a, there's a meaty spot in the middle where I think they've figured the fucking thing out, and they can give you like a nice, refreshing seltzer flavor without getting too sweet and childlike, but also not tasting like, as you said, the truly fucking intestinal fluid right. seltzers. In the middle, I still put White Claw. I, I think that's the that, that's the industry standard. You're either going sweeter than them or you're going duller than them. The original flavors, though, I'm so fucking burnt on them. Like oh, yeah. I, I can't even. Like that. I drank a black cherry White Claw for the first time in about a year and a half, and I wanted to throw up because I just, there was a summer when they came out where you just, I was sitting by the pool just crushing 10 of those a day, and right. I, it's just, it's not something that can last. Well, volume packs too two and three are pretty good. The tangerine's good, the lemon's good, the blackberry's good. I kept uh, trying to try those, and everyone drank all of them except the mango, and I've never had a mango-flavored beverage ever that hasn't just tasted like shit. I thought you enjoyed the uh, watermelon one. Um, I think that was in volume pack, too. I did. I actually found a 12... You're right. I found a 12-pack of just the watermelon flavor and brought that back to the house. And it, by the way, this is a great bit. Where everyone's like, oh, I don't want that. That sounds girly. And then you just go back to the fridge two hours later, and seven of them are gone. Like, fucking just admit that you want to try these things, just for God's sake. Drink what you want to drink. I guess. But when you left, it was dunsky. It was me drinking oh. fucking seltzers, trying to clean out that fridge for the next three days. That's so sad. <laughs> well, not for you, but for for the others that, that couldn't you nut up. I agree. Uh, I'm going to give these things a 1.5 out of 5. <laughs> That's fair. 1.5 out of 5. It's more than fair. Now, one is I'd rather be sober. Like, I would rather, I would probably drink six of these than be sober because being sober is absolutely fucking terrible, as we all know. Oh, God, I'm a puke. All right. This is the Body Mass Index on the Chad Dukes Show. All right, Tor, do we have the latest and greatest in the world of food? I do, and I got uh, I got some stories here. I'll start with where we were just at, uh, the Outer Banks. Ah. The Outer Banks Boil Company. Uh, signs deal to bring the best pot on the beach to the Jersey Shore. I've had, um, we got that service the last time we were down there. Yeah. Uh, low Country Boil. That's why Monk made us a Low Country Boil this time is because we're like, ah, I was probably going to be booked up at that place. And he said, fuck it, I'll just do it. Um, it's pricey, but it's very good. Like, it's a very cool service. They they drive up at, at your house and they just unload everything out of a truck. They sit there, they boil everything. They put a tablecloth down, shake it all out. So you can add on whatever you want. We added a key lime pie. We added crab legs. Um, and then they just, the best part of the service tour is they wrap all of those shells and all that bullshit up. They put it in a trash can and take it the fuck away from your house. Oh, nice. It's a, it's a really cool service. 
uh, if you want to do it like once a week during a vacation. Now I have a lot of um, I ha- uh, a lot of my teammates from Jersey. They would um, you think Jersey? What are they doing with the seafood boil? You know, that's kind of a beach thing, Outer Banks thing. Uh, I'd say every other week I'd see uh, one one of my guys from Jersey with a with a bag of seafood, like yeah. just a bag bagable uh, low country boil, and I guess it's ubiquitous up in. What'd you just do? You just pulled your headphone cord out of the no, goddamn. My fucking chair got caught on the charging cord. <laughs> Piece of shit. Boy. Couldn't move. I'm sitting here like, like a loser. George literally started wrestling his chair right in the middle of the segment. For those of you that aren't in the room with me right now. Uh, we're with the New Jersey. You yeah. Meathead, bag of seafood. Yeah. Boiling. <laughs> That's so, where you were. Initially, when I saw this, I'm like, ah, oh, Jersey. You know, you're going there. Jersey taking, stinks. Taking this to Jersey. Jersey stinks. I've met enough people there that it, understand Jersey stinks. They so. got money in Jersey, though, Jack. I know. I mean, you live on the beach doing low country boils. There's worse ways to make a living, no matter where you're at. I agree. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a good move because it's on the beach, and it's a good service uh, from what I've heard. Uh, it's just interesting to see that they're kind of expanding up and down. I don't know if they'd ever come to Chesapeake. I, uh, that that wouldn't be uh, I, terribly I, bad for me. I was under the assumption they had something in Virginia Beach. Oh, I, I, I thought that when I talked to the guy that it did. The only beef I had with them is they knew I was on the radio and they knew I was going to give them a big plug. And I not only got charged full price, I think maybe they hit me up a little bit for the tip kind of strong too, which I you know I always tip pretty well anyway. But I can't I can't knock the product and i can't knock what they do like i had i enjoyed it very much so uh and they were very nice guys like very nice guys and i have a shitload of respect man for people that are like fuck this i'm gonna start a small business and i'm gonna work my ass off it's why that tom from the beach masters like that guy just decided fuck it i want to live at the outer banks i'm gonna figure out a way to do it and he fucking busts his ass for four months straight so he can do it and i i just have a lot of respect for that's why john norman Getting out of radio and saying, I'm just going to work in food. That's it. And he's got himself a career and he's enjoying himself. It's like, I don't know. I just think that takes a lot of balls. And when that pays dividends, I'd like to see it. Oh, it's good. And I, I recommend everybody, if you have the opportunity, go get a low country boil this summer. Oh, absolutely. That's I wouldn't it. do it yourself, though, because nope. your shrimp are going to be soggy and uh, the clams aren't going to open up. It's going to be a fucking nightmare. Go, so Go to a pro. Go to a pro. Get a money monk if you can. Do you have a money monk? If not, you're fucked. Whether you're drinking by the fire, getting ready to send it into Arlington like your boy, or just trying to find an escape from your eight kids, make sure you check out the Chad Duke Show playlist on Spotify. You just go to chaddukeshow.com slash music for the official link to your new favorite playlist. Fun week of episodes this, uh, this past five or six days. Very excited. Thank you guys so much for uh, checking it out. It is extraordinarily warm out and what i have noticed tor is that pubic hair is not conducive to comfort most times but certainly not in july which is what's about to smack us right in the face like a sweaty ball bag oh it's funny that you mentioned that dukes because Mm. you know when we were at the beach i was thinking about our good friends at manscaped as I was walking around the beach doing my bit, you know, love handles all over the place. Oh, Jesus the gut Christ. that I'm looking down at that I that just appeared out of nowhere after quarantine drinking every single day for about six <laughs> months. You know, before that, I'm like, eh, I'm looking down. I'm like, no, nah, this was never here. It was just a little flat. I could see the rib, whatever. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not seeing any pubic hair poking out of my shorts. I know I can't fit in my swim trunks, but I know that in the... <laughs> I know that in my this is a wild library, Jack. No, that in my swim shorts. I know I can't swim my swim trunks. Like, there's no reason for you to say that. 
fucking needlessly interjected. It was all, you know, I was smooth, I was clean, I was trim. Sand wasn't all over the place. I didn't oh. have any clams getting stuck in my hair. Nothing worse than a clam in your pubes. I know a lot of y'all were sitting, you go to the beach and you're showering off. It's everything's just, you know, you got the matted. Yeah, you got the salt in your hair. You're like, how did this get so head on hair on your head? You're like, how did this get so thick? And then you go down. No, what do you think's going on down there? You got a big old bush. It's like steel wool. I'm a puke. You get the. Christ. The lawnmower 4.0. <laughs> you got to get it. You keep yourself nice and trimmed. They have so many other amenities that come in the 4.0 performance package. That's the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. I'm starting to get a mustache on me. I'm starting to see the nose hairs coming. Dude, there's nothing <laughs> worse than when you you don't realize what's tickling your nose, and it's your nose hairs. <laughs> they're so long that they're fucking sneaking out. So you want, you want to, that's a very underrated thing that you do need to trim. You get the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant. Keep yourself smelling fresh. It, deodorant's not just for your armpits. And your Crop Reviver Toner. Just keep everything as it should be. You can't go uh, become a big mess down there like a lot of you are. So get yourself in a better condition. No girl what. wants a big giant fucking mess of pubes. Nobody there. does. No. Uh, so use promo code Dukes. That's D-U-K-E-S. That's right. At manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. That's Dukes at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Think about uh, think about this show whenever you're trimming your ball sack. That's what I fucking say. Um, Tor, did you see the cover to Madden 22? I did, yeah. What do you think? Well, I think that I had a lot of good times with Madden 2010 when it was Larry Fitzgerald and Troy Palmalu on the cover. Okay. I thought that was a fantastic cover, maybe the best that they've ever had. Uh, this one feels a bit pandering. I will say... Um, there's something to be said about quarterbacks, you know, and these you're you are arguably looking at the greatest quarterback of all time. For those of you that haven't seen it, it's Tom Brady and Pat Mahomes. I think presumably this is not Photoshop. They're sitting on the same set uh, with a picture. Mm -hmm. I don't really understand. Like they did a bunch of graphic design shit with it where there's like lines and triangles and stuff. I don't I think if you have those two guys like on the same cover, you just have a picture of them. Um it's a bit on the nose. Like, uh, what was it, Peyton Hillis that was on the cover of Madden? That was 2012, yeah. Yeah, and his, his career. I mean, that was the height of the Madden curse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I I like it better when they take a shot like that, when they put somebody on there that's exciting that you probably wouldn't have thought. Like, Antonio Brown was on the cover of Madden. Um, whenever they go quarterback route, it seems like it's a bit on the nose, especially if it's the two greatest of all time. But this might be the two greatest quarterbacks of all time when it's all said and done. You might go back and look at that Madden cover and be like, wow, you know, that that means even more now than it did then. I thought this was interesting, Tor. ESPN Stats and Info tweeted this out. I would not have known this. Um, they have proclaimed the Madden curse officially dead for Tom Brady and Pat Mahomes fans. Have you seen this list? 2020 Lamar Jackson cover of Madden, right? Mm -hmm. Seventh best quarterback rating, won a playoff game. First time he ever did that. 2019, Pat Mahomes cover, Super Bowl MVP. 2018, Antonio Brown had 15 reception uh, touchdown receptions that season, led the NFL. T 2017, Tom Brady, NFL MVP. Now, I don't know. Like You can say curse. I don't believe in curses, but there was something going on for a while with these fucking athletes. Like there was, you couldn't put, I, mean, I don't know that there's any causality, but there certainly was a correlation. So I don't know. I'm not a big Madden curse guy, but I, I think that a lot of people, a lot of people are. It's interesting to see the most recent history, at least put in that context. Yeah, there was a really rough stretch. I believe I, I, there was Vic on 04 
Uh, Lewis, Ray Lewis on 05. I think he got injured that year. Uh, McFadden on 06. Or McNabb, pardon wasn't me. It, I guarantee it wasn't Darren McFadden. No, Donovan McNabb on 06. Sean Alexander on 07. He had that was probably his last year. Yeah, and then uh, it wasn't his last year because he played for the Washington Redskins. Well, last year of actual, uh, yeah. you know, performing, and then Vince Young on Madden 08. That's tough. Yeah. And then he would go on to, to sign to the Philadelphia Eagles Super Team, which I believe missed the playoffs. Um, was Sean Alexander? You might not know this. You might be too young. It was fast Willie Parker and Larry Johnson on the Redskins uh, during their preseason. Was Sean Alexander there that season as well? I didn't know if he came the year after. It might have been the year after. Because I remember that. I remember Willie Parker and Larry. I'm like, Larry Johnson's playing for the... I think Larry Johnson was a casualty earlier, and you thought Fast Willie might make the team up mm-hmm. until the very end. I, he did not make the starting roster from what I recall. God, he dominated that Super Bowl, though. Came out of nowhere. He really did. Uh, Larry Johnson was... I mean, I know we all think about all the stuff that happened afterwards or you know the troubles that he had, but that motherfucker... Tackling him, man, was like tackling. If someone like took a cord of wood up to the third floor and dropped it and said, just go ahead and catch that. Like that, he was just knees and elbows, and he had that upright running style. It's just like, oh, God, can you imagine being a safety and that guy's the same size as you and you're trying to bring that dude down? He was a monster. He was like Brandon Jacobs, but just two inches shorter. Also, so, which a, is a even, couple, you know, yeah. w- w- watch what he ate. Brandon Jacobs got a little big there towards the end, I believe. I don't know. I watched that Brandon Jacobs run over LeRon Landry. Well, Brandon, it's don't just... worry about it because Brandon Jacobs went for 40 and then 30 and then 40 in the previous three games. He's going for a buck 20 against Washington <laughs> oh, and God. two touchdowns. He, he, he terrorized them. He really did. Was that uh, him and Tiki? Was that the, the thunder and lightning for those? That, no, that, that it, backfield? Was, it was him and Ahmad Bradshaw. Okay. Are you sure he wasn't there with Tiki? Also, I'm almost positive he was. I'm almost check. positive. Yeah, Ahmad Bradshaw and him had a, a, a decent year, too, that one time. I don't know. There was always. I feel like the Giants always had two backs, and they remember what the the fuck Troy Hambrick for the Cowboys would go for over a hundred on the skins every time they played. Felix Jones would always find a way to get two touchdowns against them. We're gonna draft him because he went to Arkansas. That's my Jerry Jones, by the way. I, I still got to work on that a little bit. All right, very good. Um, I don't know. It's. A, I mean, it's a. It's been trending all day. The the cover of Madden. Oh, by the way. Here's what you don't want if you're mad in football. Your your game's been trending all day, and it's people just shitting all over your game and saying how if you buy a yearly Madden release, you're stupid because they don't do anything to change the game. Yeah, no, this last Madden was horrific from what I heard. People are mad. I when was the last year you bought it? I can't even. I can't. I couldn't even tell you the last year I bought Madden. I got it. I think my senior year at camp because that's just what we would do. We would go and play Madden after practice, or when we had an off day, we just played Madden and drink all day. Who was the well, cover of 2008? Vince Young was 2000. That was the last one I got. Yeah. That was the last one I got. That was a great one. Yeah, I remember being fun. I remember enjoying it. They still had uh, mini camp drills. And I remember there was a, a play that uh, I think uh, Vic was still on, on Atlanta before he got booted. There was a play where it was a fake ha- uh, fullback handoff to the right, and he just bootlegged it to the left. You still couldn't tackle. You still couldn't do anything. No, he's OP. He's completely <laughs> fucking OP. It was ridiculous. <laughs> Bo Jackson and Tech Mobile. I mean, there's a very short list of people that were as overpowered as Michael Vick was in that season. All right, very good. Um, a very good. Uh, the, I mean, I, don't, I hate to call it a best of show. I feel like we need to call it something else because there's so much going on on these free episodes. But hopefully, you enjoyed it, guys. And if you did enjoy it, there's plenty more content. You got an entire back catalog. I mean, each day that passes, a subscription to ChadDukeShow.com becomes more valuable because you get access to the back catalog as well. There's a whole fucking mess of shows that you're missing out on and some really good shtick. So hopefully, you'll consider going to ChadDukeShow.com and subscribing today. We greatly appreciate all of you that aren't. Until then, check us out on. 
social media at Chad Duke Show on Instagram and at Chad Duke Show on Facebook. All right, everybody have a beautiful weekend. Thank you so much for listening. If the good Lord is willing and the creeks don't rise, we'll meet you at 2 p.m. on Monday for a brand new episode. Roll out the trash cans.